Hello and welcome back to Talkineers. I'm Vincent Baldassano. And I'm Isaac Baksha. Today on a Talkineers special, we are joined by Jack Agnew, Coach Smith, and women's captain Mara Wagner. We are first joined by jun- the junior defenseman. Jack, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. No. Um, did you have a good weekend? Hopefully you got a little bit of time to rest with only the one game on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Frustrating that we lost that one, but um, at the end of the day, it's an exhibition, so... A little bit of rest was nice. Seems like we've been going full tilt since August, so nice mm. to sort of just regroup a little bit. A lot of line changes, different things here and there, yeah. not, not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. So, Jack, you've been playing really well this season, uh, exceeding uh, already exceeding your point total from last season in just five games. What do you think is making a difference this year? Uh, I think the big one uh, is confidence um, coming back to a team for the second year. Um, is something I, I was talking about, the coaches haven't done that since high school. And like coming back to a group you're comfortable with and the coaches, it just makes everything just that much easier. Um, and uh, just, yeah, I'd say um, confidence and just looking more offensively, like jumping in the rush, um, shots on net. I think those are both like the biggest factors. So overall this season, I think the team's been putting up a really good effort and playing at a high competitive level. Putting that exhibition game aside, how do you feel the season has been so far as a whole? How do you feel about the team's style of play, and has it evolved now that we're almost a month into it? Um, I'm pretty happy with where we are right now, for sure. Um, four wins and one loss is pretty good. Um, but we just have to keep going. I think if we're playing a heavier game, playing a lot below their net, uh, forward-checking hard. Uh, defending pretty well and our, our power play and penalty kill have been pretty good so I like where we are I think we can get a lot better though still early mm-hmm. um, I know the last game it was a tough opponent uh, but you managed a goal and an assist so what are the emotions or thoughts going into a game like this um, yeah in the back of our minds we all know it's an exhibition but um, you still want to win that you know they're high school guys so you you know you don't want to be embarrassed um, and I thought we played them really well the first two periods and just the third, we kind of let it slip away. Um, and assuming that would be a regular season game, hopefully we wouldn't let that happen and that's not going to happen moving forward. Uh, is there anything you do differently knowing it's an exhibition? Um, I don't think so. I think you try and, you know, just do the right things, play normally. Um, that's when you start getting into bad habits and they sort of trickle into practice yeah. and... And all that, yeah. So we, we tried to treat it like a normal game, obviously, and, and just unfortunately couldn't hold on. Mm-hmm. So now it's your third year of college hockey. Um, what parts of your game do you think have grown the most since you were a freshman? And now that you're in your second half of your college career, what do you hope to improve upon? Um, I think the biggest thing was my defensive game in zone. Um, last year, that was mainly my role was shut down, penalty killing, and I think that was huge because it's in juniors, it was more just offense. Uh, in high school, the same. But, um, yeah, I think defense was the biggest thing for me. And moving forward, just want to grow more offensively now that I've sort of established the defense. Um, <laughs> scoring more points, just being more involved in the offense. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, we enter into our rivalry weekend, both home and away against Union. This season, they are 2-5-1. and one. So how do you expect the weekend to go? And how, how fired up are you? and the guys to hopefully take them down in only two matches until the Mayor's Cup later in the season. Yeah, we're excited. Um, obviously, the Friday game is huge, expecting a yeah. pretty big crowd. Um, but we do know they lost, uh, they got swept last weekend, and I don't yep. think they're just going to let us roll in and beat them twice. So 
Um, yeah, the record, I guess, isn't great, um, but they're still a good team, and they gave us trouble last year. So I think we've got to treat them like they're you know, going to be playing their best, which I think they will. So I'm wondering, every player judges themselves in different ways, and everyone evaluates their games differently after the game later that night, the next week. How do you quantify if you played well, and how do you make sure to touch up on those areas in the next week of practice, or just if it's a back-to-back game, what do you do to just make sure that you fix up those weaker spots if you if you yeah. identify any? Um, I pretty much value my game on, like, you know, I guess plus-minus if I was on for goals, if I was on for goals against. Um, that's the biggest thing for me. I hate being on for goals against. Um, and to fix that, I mean, I, I do film with the coaches at least once a week and go over the ships, um, whether it be good or bad, just to talk about it. And so if I'm doing good things, um, they'll point it out and say, keep doing this. If it's something, a little mistake or tweak, I'll fix that and then work on it during the week in practice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the way I evaluate a good game is just being solid defensively and just making quick plays, moving the puck up ice and getting shots on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any, like, pregame ritual, any superstitions, anything you do pregame? Uh, yeah, actually, I have a new one um, with Ganyo. We have pregame meal here. I drive to pregame meal. I drive us home, and then we go in his car to get coffee from Duncan, and then come home. It's, it was just a weird thing, and it was it was 4-0 at home, so we've just been doing that. I think we're going to do it again on Friday. That sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... You're against one of your bigger, or at least one of RPI's biggest rivals this coming weekend. What is, give me the top three things you think you and the team have to do to ensure that it goes smoothly and in our direction. Um, I think the biggest thing is starting on time right away and just sort of dictating the pace, which is one thing that coach is always honest about because we've had some good starts this year um, and that's important. So I'd say starting well and then also just closing out the games in the third say we have a lead, um, we can't sit back, which is what happened. You know, we, we had a lead at one point against the U.S. and sort of let it slip. Um, so, yeah, obviously starting on time um, and then finishing strong and just sort of keeping control of the game. And third, I guess I'd just say winning special teams. Our power play's got to be good and our penalty kill's got to you know keep pucks out of the net. And our power play's been pretty good so far. We have to keep that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... And if you don't have anything else to add, um, that's going to do it for our first segment. We're going to bring on Coach Smith next to recap last weekend's game and talk about the upcoming ECAC matchup in, against you know, Union. Uh, thanks for your time, Jack. It was good talking to you. Thanks, guys. We now welcome Coach Smith. Coach? Coming off a lighter weekend with one of the exhibition games, how's your week going? My week's going great. A uh, lot of a lot of excitement uh, with the upcoming games, and you know, I got on the road recruiting last weekend up to Toronto for a weekend, and yeah, feel good. Mm-hmm. So I know we didn't get the win over USA NTDP, but it was an extremely fun game to watch. One of the actually most exciting non-professional games that I've seen in person. Um, did you guys have just as much fun on the bench, even though it was an exhibition game? And I just thought there's a lot of skill out there. Yeah, there was a lot of skill. Hockey's fun for me, so I always have fun. But, you know, we tried some neat things. Uh, obviously, we split the goaltenders. Uh, we played all eight defensemen. 
Um, but we also did some things that, you know, maybe you guys noticed, but others didn't. Like, uh, you know, in the first period, I used Sutter Mazzotti as the matchup pair against their top line. Thought he did really well in that in that setting. Um, obviously, when Jake Lee got thrown out, um, it changed the lines a little bit. But then the second half of the game, we, we altered the lines just a little bit more just to see how the chemistry could feel again. We want to we want to be great, but um, they're a fun team to watch. They're really talented, really skilled, and um, I liked our game a lot. Uh, you know, we we did some things in the third that we could clean up, but um, they're a good team. Uh, that's why they're eleven and zero against Division One teams. Mm-hmm. So I, I know this. Uh, it is an exhibition match, uh, and the, the score was seven four. But I don't think the score really tells the full picture because going into the third, the score was three three. What was the difference maker? going into the third or in the third well we um we 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 did not make them play a 200 foot game we we turned some pucks over there were some 50 50 scrums um we we didn't have the same type of neutral zone four check pressure on the puck which allowed their defenseman to turn and look up ice so you know the analogy for me is um you know you got aaron Rodgers at quarterback and the longer that he's allowed to run around and look without pressure on him, the more open a receiver's going to get. So we gave their guy with the puck, quarterback at that moment, more time and comfort than we like to. And it happens quick in transition, but they were able to find a stretch guy and get in behind us. That was for one of the goals. And then a couple of the other goals were scrums, you know, just inside the blue line where we got on the wrong side. And Again, their their skill was was very very good, and uh, they capitalized in transition. And one shot goes in off a butt, you know, goes in off a guy's uh, backside, and um, that's unfortunate. And then an empty netter, and you know, you don't like to give up four in in any period. Um, but again, I think the way we played overall was pretty good, and those things we can learn from. So the game felt like it was. I don't want to say dominated, but a little bit in that direction as far as puck possession goes in both directions at different points throughout the game. Sometimes it felt like they couldn't touch the puck. Sometimes it felt like we maybe weren't the best and they were skating around us a little bit. I couldn't say if it was even first period, second period, third period. It was literally just spontaneous shifts throughout the game. And you do mention that you had not our exact lineups and little shifts, so that makes a lot of sense. But I was just going to ask, is is that inconsistency a little bit is that to be expected when you're playing such a highly skilled team? So sometimes they're shining, but also a very young team. So sometimes they make some mistakes. Well, I, I think you know it depends on where you want to shine the light, right? If you want to shine the light on them, I think they, you know, we had more shot attempts. They play more of an NHL style game with, and you and I have talked about this in here last year and this year um, about the quality shot. So um, we had more shot attempts. Um, they had more scoring chances but that game was exciting for you because it was the scoring chances were like 23 21 for them in some games scoring chances are 18 to 11 and that's a lot so to have you know 46 or whatever the number was scoring chances um, created a different type of game so we win the Corsi they win the scoring chances they win the score Um, the ability to control the play, we start, I would say the first two periods was us, the third period was them, um, for sure, with quality possessions. And it's a little bit of momentum, it's a little bit of skill, it's a little bit of chemistry, it's a little bit of how you defend. And um, again, that's what 
the big takeaway for me was that their Corsi and their puck possession went up in the third when we didn't defend as well. So, you know, early in the year for both teams, I think you'll see the ability to defend consistently against anybody better, but against a skilled team is still very hard. Mm-hmm. And then just for our listeners, Corsi is the hockey statistic, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but just shots taken, not necessarily counted for shots, but like attempted shots. Yeah, raw data of shots attempted. So some people, you know, in the NHL, it's not as valuable because of the high skill level there. I believe it's an important college hockey stat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so on one of our goal setting lines, we have Corsi, which is shot attempts. We have shots on net. And then we have scoring chances. And to me, I'm looking at that relationship. Are we generating pucks to the net? Are we getting them on the net? And are they going, giving us a scoring chance? Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the fourth one on there would be goals. Uh, so moving on, I just want to quickly talk about penalties. Uh, we were in the box almost the entire second period, totaling out to 27 minutes the entire game. Now, one of these was a game misconduct for both teams. What exactly happened there? Uh, did the refs call it a face masking, but wasn't really entirely sure of that story. Like, we don't know. Yeah, so there's a scrum there, and both guys just grabbed each other's face masks, and it's disappointing in an exhibition game. I think the referees could have, you know, given a different penalty, but um, they gave one to each team just for grabbing the face mask, and, and I think that goes with a, a 10 and a 5. So why were there so many penalties in that game? It, it didn't seem like crazy out-of-control game. I mean... Like, where the the call is just soft? Like, and how does this affect, you know, other games going in the future? Yeah, and honestly, in an exhibition game, um, I wanted the right number of penalties. You don't ask for it, but you're sort of happy afterwards. And I think we had five times we had to kill penalties. They got two power play goals, and I'm able to get different guys in game action. So for an exhibition game, Five felt like the right number. I think the power plays were like five for them and six for us, something like that. Yeah. And um, so I, I don't think – I mean, it's, it's up to the referees. There's no real answer on why there were so many penalties. It wasn't a feisty game. That that was the only real um, kerfuffle, if you will, and there wasn't much <laughs> to it. So I think uh, it's just the way that the referees called it, and you just roll with it and you know try and stay out of the box and try and score in the power play. So, so far this year, I think the team's done a really good job on face-offs in general. We've won, in the past game, we won 34 out of 64. So the slight majority over Team USA. Um, you mentioned earlier, but I'd like to highlight Sutter's weekend, winning 11 out of 17 of his face-offs with a solid 64.7% face-off percentage. And I think a like 56% on the year, some number around there. Um, how important is it to the team's game to win those draws? And I'm also curious to know, with your knowledge of our team's ability to get those face-off wins, how important is it to your offensive zone style of play? And do you adjust your style of play at all to get any quick shots off the face-offs? You know, we haven't actually spent a lot of time on offensive zone face-offs yet, partly because I don't want to show our hand before the ECAC season um, it's really just been more about get it to the point and um, and get pucks to the net the uh, I think what it does is it gives you confidence in the defensive zone when you're good on face-offs 
Um, but we're still talking about like a dominant face-off night is 60%, which means you're losing four out of 10. Mm -hmm. So you've got to know how to defend and, um, you know, you've got to be confident that you can win draws and, you know, we try and look and see who's hot and who's not. But, um, you know, as of yet, I think we haven't been one guy consistent every night. I think Sutter has been most improved, started off real slow on the, on the dot, but Mm -hmm. has been, uh, been very good lately. Mm Mm-hmm. And like you said, I think that the reason I ask this question is because we haven't seen too many, um, that, that explains why we haven't seen too many offensive zone quick face-offs into uh, potential goals or that sort of Hopefully thing. Hopefully that's but coming yeah, this weekend. Basically. Yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're looking for. Uh, since we brought on Jack Agnew earlier, we wanted to ask you how you think he's been playing so far this season. Jack's been great. He, I mean, he's... Uh, He's a young man that benefited from the transfer portal. You know, he was at Boston College, and you know, for whatever reason, didn't work out. He's come in, and and once we pass that imaginary line of trust and camaraderie, um, that you know, he trusts the coaches. He knows we care about him. Um, his game really started to flourish. He's he's such a high quality young man who who really cares about his teammates and cares about what goes on in that locker room. Um, I think he's off to a really good start. He's got an excellent stick. He's got an excellent, um, you know, edges and skating. I mean, he competes and he tries hard all the time. It's not an on and off switch for for Jack. When he's on the ice or in the weight room, he's a terrific teammate who who gives his best. So when you put all of those things together, we've got a really special player in our program that we're we're proud to call, you know, an RPI engineer. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the upcoming matchups this weekend or matchup. It's no secret that the first set of ECAC games against one of RPI's biggest rivals, Union, is this coming weekend. Um, We have two games, one Friday and one Saturday, home and away. Are you and the team excited for the ECAC season to kind of get kicked off? And how do you expect the weekend to go? Well, I expect us to play great. I expect us to be motivated. I expect there to be a lot of opportunities to celebrate and a lot of challenges. That's a typical ECAC or a typical hockey weekend. Um, you know, I believe in what we're doing and what we're putting out there, and uh, I expect our guys to be motivated and, and ready to go. Um, you know, we're going to have to deal with stuff, and we, you know, I've been a coach a long time, and. I can't tell you exactly what the stuff's going to be. It might be up two goals. You might be down two goals. It might be penalties. But I believe our guys are ready for those challenges. And, again, we're going to have to go get wins. Wins are not going to arrive on our doorstep, you know, delivered by some fairy tale stork. We're going to have to go out there and, and search it out and play our game and go get it. Mm-hmm. The blackout seems to be a favorite uh, fan favorite here at the Field House. As a quick note, uh, fans who wear black for uh, as a quick note to fans, wear black for free admission on Friday. How excited are the guys to play against an ECSE opponent, and how important is it to get these early conference wins since the vast majority of the games remaining this season are against ECAC opponents? Yeah. So we, we with twenty two league games, it feels at the end speaking from experience, that the points are worth more. They're not, right? I know you guys are right RPI students. You understand that two at the beginning or two at the end is still two. Um, Our guys know that. 
right? So what it does when you get early season wins, and we got this in the non-conference at four and one, it just gives you a little boost of confidence, gives you a shot in the arm, but you've still, you know, one of our objectives is to improve more and longer than anybody else in the league. If you start off well and you continue to improve, then you you can be the type of team that gets to Lake Placid and wins the league. So um, there's only two points available, you know, on on uh, and maybe there's three. I guess it depends on how we we count the score in the ACAC now. But there's only one team going to win on Friday night, and that's what we're focused on. And we'll deal with Saturday, Saturday. But we're coming into a weekend looking to get two wins. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about Union as an opponent. As an opponent, um, last year, from what it seemed, they played hard games right out of the gate, and they had a solid power play. This year, they're a very different team. They do have thirteen new players, but obviously, same coaching staff, so probably same ish style, if I could maybe say that. Um, so far, they've went two five and one, but they've yet to lose a home game, and a lot of their opponents have been pretty strong. So with that being said, what are some things the team has to watch out for this weekend against Union? And what strengths have you seen now that some of their old core is gone in the new, in the new uh, lineup? Yeah, so that's just one, one small note of correction there is that they actually have a new head coach this year, oh, really? Josh okay. Hauge, um, who came down from Clarkson. Okay. Um, now, John Ronan, who was the interim coach, is still there. He oh. was the interim head coach. He's now back to being an assistant. Um, but... You know, if you start in goal like we would without any team, Connor Murphy's an excellent goaltender. They've got some mobility in the back end, and they've got some guys that really crash the net well. You know, they lose the one game at UMass by a, a crooked number, but um, they they had the puck a lot. They, they generated some chances. They went to the net hard. So, you know, we're going to have to uh, make sure that we stay out of the box, shut down their power play, and limit their five-on-five five possessions. If we do those things then, you know, I think we, we stand a good chance to come out on top. Uh, I know you said earlier that the exhibition game, you were just mixing lines. Is there anything else we expect, to, like any other changes we expect to see going into the Union weekend? Crazy stuff, Isaac. Crazy stuff's <laughs> coming. Um, no, uh, you know, we um, – there, there's some subtle tweaks that are happening, and partly because, you know, one guy, his skates broke. So we try somebody with else with him. He couldn't pre- finish practice. Somebody else, you know, a little under the weather, had to miss a day of practice. So um, everybody's going. I would expect we'll look generally the same, but we'll be back to four lines, seventy, and and the goaltenders. So um, nothing, you know, we tape this on a on a Tuesday, and nothing definitive yet on uh, how the lineup's going to be. Mm-hmm. So I have a question that's a little less about hockey, but I think it'd be really interesting to ask you with your experience in the field. Um, what do you define as the difference between a good and a great leader on a team or in general? And how do you identify them early on? And to that, how do you help? How do they, once you identify them, help the team or themselves overcome adversity? Well, I think it's a it's a simple answer on what what's a good leader, what's a great leader. Um, the difference is to have to be called a leader. You have to impact other people. You have to make others better. And I think many uh, people look at that word leader and say, "Well, follow follow me. Le- I'll lead by example." 
Um, the best leaders make others better. They make your locker room better. They make your line better. They make your classroom better, whatever, whatever it is. They make your family better. And what was the second part of that question, Vincent? Um, so how do you identify them when like you're either scouting or just even when they're on your team, how do you identify them early on so you can give them the support that they need and how they help the team overcome adversity when it, when it arises? Yeah. Good question. One of the things that we do once they get here is we actually have a leadership mindset and performance coach, Mark Guverman, who works with our captains and our leadership group and emerging leaders. And he talks to really, it's about communication, right? It's, it's how to communicate, what questions to ask, um, how to listen, you know, what you're listening for, um, you know, how every personality responds to communication a little bit differently. Um, even, you know, all of us are high performance athletes and all of the mix of, of fuel goes in a little bit differently. Right, so the fuel is the communication. You need something different than Isaac. Isaac needs something different than me. Our job as coaches is to identify what that right mix is. You can only do that with communication, both verbal and nonverbal. So how we identify it is you watch, you talk, you listen, you you see their body language when things are good, you you see their body language when they go to the bench after giving up a goal. Um, you see how they, they treat their parents. You see, do they look you in the eye, do they shake your hand, are they engaged um, young men that that are doing the right things. What's their behavior? Because the world is full of good intentions, but the behavior, the actual behavior um, is, is what we're noticing. And I'm really proud of, of our guys. We've got some outstanding individuals that are leaders you know, by themselves. Obviously not everybody wears a letter and some are emerging at different times. But um, if you just talk with our guys and you see them again, you know, shake a hand, look in the eye, um, communicate very clearly. I think uh, they're a very impressive group. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap things up, what's the like one most important thing the team has to do to give us the best shot at sweeping Union? Well, there's not one thing, but I'll I'll, I'll try and give it two. All right. Okay. So it's quality possessions, mm-hmm. which means when we have the puck on our stick, we've got to have a you know a positive outcome. Or a neutral outcome, but it's got to be a quality possession. And on, when we don't have the stick, we need to make them uncomfortable, take away time and space and not let them be comfortable making a play. All right. And with that, we will wrap up our time today with Coach Smith. In a few minutes, we'll have a special interview taking or talking with the captain of the women's hockey team, Mara Wagner. Coach, it's been a pleasure as always. Good luck this weekend against Union. It's going to be exciting to watch, and thank you for your time. You're welcome, and it was great uh, when you get to talk to Mara. The, the two wins they had last weekend against RIT was exciting and, and great for those uh, young ladies. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We are now joined by senior forward and captain of the women's team here at RPI, Mara Wagner. Mara, how's your week going? Going pretty good. Yeah, how's your season been going so far? You know, we're off to a little bit of a rough start um, with uh, the losses and stuff, but uh, last weekend with RIT kind of um, gave a lot of us our confident back. Um, So we're looking forward to this weekend with uh, St. Lawrence and Clarkson. Uh, it's been a long journey, and you were finally in your sen- uh, in your senior season of college hockey. How did you get first into hockey, and how old were you when you first started playing? Um, I was around two years old when I got into skates, and around like three or four when I started playing hockey. Uh, 
from a young age, my family just is a hockey family. So kind of just got into it from there and followed my older brother's uh, footsteps um, and have been with the sport ever since. And just as a follow-up, what are your plans for the future? Do you hope to continue playing either in post-grad year or somewhere else? Um, hopefully uh, post-grad year um, and then professional from there out. Alright, um, so, so far this season, like you mentioned, the girls have been off to a slightly rough start, but, um, you started out 0-6, but now the last weekend you finally got two wins, which is a really good, um, I guess, omen going into the future. So, what clicked last weekend, both for you and for the team that made it possible to, uh, turn things, or turn things around and maybe translate it into more wins in the future? Yeah, um, we just started really focusing on our defensive zone and really breaking that down and and gaining our confidence uh, offensively and getting pucks to the net was a a real staple for us uh the last weekend so just kind of gaining that confidence and really communicating with each other on on where we need to be and and getting pucks deep and and battling was a really big uh thing for us last week so you transferred from Robert Morris after two years of playing due to unfortunate removal of their hockey program. Were you recruited to come here instantly or did you transfer? Did you use the transfer portal? Also, how was the transition process and what made you choose RPI? The transition process was um, very hectic. I basically had two months to uh, figure out where I was going because uh, we were dropped in the middle of the summer. So really had no idea that and no preparation that we were going to need to transfer. And uh, with uh, the COVID year, the transfer portal was very loaded up in the summer. So uh, pretty much just hopped on the emails, hopped on the phone, started calling as many teams and reaching out to as many coaches as I could and ended up um, contacting RPI and they got back to me and had some great talks with the Vines and Tara and stuff. And, you know, just felt it was going to be a good fit for me coming in and the, with the school and academics and the and the team um, just worked out. And how do you like RPI so far since you transferred? Like, what's your favorite part about it? Favorite part is are the girls. Like, I, I love them to death. They're they're they just took me in as a family. And it's been it's been great since day one. Yeah. So what are you, some of your personal goals this season and what are some goals you'd like to see the team accomplish? Um, personal goals, um, just continue to play my game, continue to, to put pucks in the net and, and lead the team as best as I can. And I just want the team to have as, as much success as we can this year and, and just, uh, progressively get better and better every single weekend. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, you want to lead the team to, um, to be as great as they can. So as one of the captains, how do you ensure that they accomplish some of these goals and how do you... How do you fill that leadership role to help make sure you do have a successful season? Just a big staple with communication here. It's just uh, making sure everybody's on the same page and making sure everybody's bought into to our, our goals and and uh, bought into every single practice, workout, and, and game. So, uh, Like we mentioned before, I know the team has struggled a little bit early on, but it's clear that there's a lot of talent and skill throughout the lineup. From your eyes, at, uh, like as captain, what are like a few strengths and like uh, some areas that need improvement? Um, our strength definitely are we're resilient on the puck. We're really getting into battles and and forechecking hard. I think that's one of our our strong points. Um, and 
it's just gonna take some time to kind of get everything to click together, getting offensive pressure and getting it the pucks to the net and kind of just finishing up uh, around the net is what we're gonna need to focus on in the future here. Mm-hmm. So this coming weekend, um, you're facing off against St. Lawrence and Clarkson, both are tough opponents. Uh, what have you been working on this week in practice and what have you been talking about in the locker room to make sure you can play a competitive set of games going on this mini road trip? Of course, I'm definitely talking a lot about um, just getting into battles, like I said before, and and really focusing on moving the puck and getting just getting in there. Both Clarkson and St. Lawrence are are very uh, tough teams and they're very physical. So we're getting ready to have a have a battle this weekend with them and and just get pucks deep and take it to them. So you're from Langley, British Columbia in Canada. When did you first start playing in the U.S., and what are some major differences you've seen? Uh, I'm actually a dual citizen, so I was born down in Seattle and and split my time between Seattle and Langley. Um, Started hockey down in Seattle, um, playing like minor hockey down there, and then went up to Langley to finish in uh, grade 10, and then actually finished up my my high school career out in uh, Vermont for the North American Hockey Academy. So I've kind of been all over the place. <laughs> all right. So coming to a completely new team after playing your first two years of college hockey at RMU, it must have been a pretty big change. Um, who have you gotten along with best since you've been here, and who do you think you have the best chemistry on the ice with? Um, definitely. Um, it definitely was a hard change coming in, and I was I had no clue uh, what to expect coming in, and it was a quick, like, honestly, two, three weeks uh, that I knew that I was coming here before I had to grab all my stuff in Pittsburgh and move out to the new place. But honestly, uh, uh, Z, uh, Niall, and Baki have really, really taken me in. I, I love those three to death, and and Meg and stuff. Like they've they've really connected with me well, and on the ice, uh, Kaiser and even our, our freshman Nina. And I love working with Bucky on the ice as well and Paps. So I, I really like, I, I get along with everybody. I love everybody. So nobody that I, that I can't say I don't love. It's good to hear. Uh, as a, as a senior on the team and a veteran of college hockey, what are some advice you would give maybe to a younger version of yourself or other younger players that, that you've helped, that you would have helped uh, to become an even better player. Yeah, of course. Um, definitely just keep working, chipping away at every little aspect of the game. You know, there's going to be times where you're down and times where you're not getting playing time or you're not producing and stuff. It's just the consistency and just staying true to how you know how to play and just just working, <laughs> working hard is what it comes down to and staying confident in yourself. Uh, and finally, we've asked every player that comes on the podcast. What are your like pregame routine or any superstitions that you have? Pregame routine, I I love taping every single stick that I have from like the top of the stick and the bottom of the stick, and then I always have to listen to music before our team meeting and and just a just a stretch routine and everything like that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. A little breathing techniques and stuff like that, but. <laughs> Yeah, so that's all we got for today. Um, Remember, this weekend is the Union Blackout here at home at Friday at 7 p.m. and away at Union on Saturday also at 7. The girls have two games, like we mentioned, at St. Lawrence University Friday at 6 and Clarkson Saturday at 3. Both games can be seen on ESPN+, Plus, so make sure to come out and support both teams. 
It's going to be a busy but exciting weekend of hockey. Thank you for coming on today, Mara. It was fun to talk with you. Good luck this weekend and with the rest of your season. Thank you very much.